Welcome to Everyday Martial Artist, a weekly podcast where you'll join me, Brian Doucette, as I interview a different martial artist each episode and hear their story. Some guests you may have heard of and some you probably haven't. Be sure to subscribe where all your favorite podcasts are available. Also visit our website at everydaymartialartist.com. If you're listening for a specific interview, I sure hope you'll stay and check out the other episodes. A very special thank you to Topher Williams for our custom theme music. And now, the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. Everyday Martial Artist is brought to you by KOonline.com for all your martial arts needs. Sparring and safety gear, rank belts, uniforms, weapons, patches, and more. Wholesale supplies made by martial artists for martial artists. Visit us today at KO-Online.com. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette. It's time for another new guest talking about uh, their martial arts background and anything else we, we come up with and, and discuss during the topics. This guest, looking at her, her resume, she, she does improv comedy, actually. The improv thing, the thing that uh, kind of piqued my interest, she's actually trained at Second City and the Groundlings, which if you know anything about comedy, those are two uh, pretty top-notch places. So that's pretty cool. Maybe we'll talk about that just a little bit. Um, but she's also a stunt person, so you've probably seen Many of the shows she's been in, she's been involved in, I had to bring up the IMDB to get the, the whole list, but, you know, Space Force was one that jumped out for me. I loved that show on Netflix, uh, Space Force and TV series Glow, the TV series Grimm, which was one of my favorites when it was on, but she's also a martial artist, so that's kind of how uh, we got in touch with each other. She was recommended by a friend of mine, and we're going to have fun chatting about this, so welcome to the show, Mary Karch. Did I get the name right? You sure did. Thank you so much. It's uh, it's great to be here. Looking forward to chatting about all the things. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I saw Grimm and my eyes lit up because that I, I, that was one show that I think ended too soon, and I absolutely love that show. So I was it was cool that you were on there. But um, let's jump into the martial arts thing, and kind of like I do with all my guests, and you've listened to some episodes, so you kind of know where I'm going with this. But let's go back to the beginning. When did you have that first spark, that first interest in martial arts, and kind of what led to it? Yeah, in the beginning. Well, there's a couple sparks. Like one would be just how it affected me growing up watching TV and film, but I never felt like that's going to be me one day. You know, I, I was a super nerd and I enjoyed all kinds of sports, but I didn't ever feel like um, it just wasn't really in front of me, you know, to be a martial artist, but I would watch shows and, and just think like, that is the coolest thing, especially seeing like Jackie Chan and how he uses everything in his space. Mm -hmm. And that, it just always inspired me, but I, it, I never was like, that'll be me one day. It didn't seem like something that I could just do. And then what did seem possible was me getting lit on fire. So <laughs> fast forward to a couple years later, um, I was really involved with the theater as a kid and I loved a lot of it, but especially loved physical comedy. And so um, I did everything I could get my hands on in terms of being in shows and watching stuff like I used to love watching Lucille Ball and um, Gilda Ratner and, and Robin Williams and, and, and just seeing all the different aspects of comedy. And so that brought me to the theater and theater brought me to stage combat training. So learning how to swing steel and all sorts of other stuff. And then through a network of friends, I ended up getting lit on fire for the first time. <laughs> and that was my introduction Fun. to stunts. Yes. Um, maybe not in my parents' eyes, but I really loved it. And so then the world of stunts kind of opened up to me through these friends. And there are two things like everyone's like, what do you want to, how do you become a stunt person? And, 
and everybody has a different road that they take. I don't think I've heard two people give the same answer, but two things came up repeatedly and one was martial arts and the other was gymnastics. So I said, okay, well, I don't know how the heck to start into gymnastics. I was not six. Uh, and that seems to be what, if you're not six, nobody cares about your gymnastics Pretty training. Much, yeah. I'm going to the Olympics, hi. <laughs> um, but martial arts I could do. So um, I had found a program through the Y close to me. And I started training in Shaolin Kempo with a guy named David Meyer. And um, he has a, a group called Running Tiger, Shaolin Kempo. That that yes. was my introduction to him. Yeah. I, I actually know David. Oh, uh, you do? Well, not, not super well, but we did a open martial arts seminar up here probably about a decade ago when we reached we were trying to find as many different styles as we could to come into town and basically take an hour or two and teach their style and we had we had Shaolin Kempo we had um, I think Aikido we had Judo we had Hapkido we had Taekwondo we had um, like I said about a dozen different styles over like a weekend and I, I'm almost positive he came up for that I know we talked about it and I'm pretty sure he came up I'd have to dig through my emails but oh, as soon as you said so running cool. tiger that I recognized it that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I have to say that's a really great idea because, you know, people talk about martial arts like it's just one thing. But when you start getting into it, you realize that all these different styles of martial arts have can be such dramatically different movement styles or different philosophies that are kind of behind them. And so I, I love that you gave people an opportunity to try so many different types in a, in a setting like that. Really yeah, it cool. was a lot of fun. And actually the, I, I originally wanted Sean Kempo because there's a local gentleman up here who actually got his black belt from Ralph Castro oh, nice. and, but he quit training and just life and injuries and stuff. And he actually put me in touch <laughs> with with the running tiger people and said maybe they'll you know maybe they'll want to come up and try it out so that's kind of how that happened but oh, that's yeah great. that's really cool so sorry to interrupt but you no, keep, keep going that's cool yeah no that was great so that i really love that and so that was really like my first taste of doing and not just seeing it on tv and having it being a faraway thing and what i loved about uh that group is that it was such a welcoming environment and you know, sometimes you see like there's the karate kid, right? You see the different camps of, of um, training that you can do there. And it, it wasn't like super strict, you know, and like you do do or die, Johnny. It was um, it was just like you are who you are when you come in the door and, and let's see what happens. You know, we're going to show you some kicks, show you some punches. And I didn't you know, it was enough that I was able to feel like, oh, this is this is within my reach, you know. And I kept training with them for I think until I moved to Los Angeles to really get into pursuing stunts. 100%. Okay. Uh, so, so what are some of the things you remember about those classes that really drew you to it? What, you know, some of the, that first class, I mean, obviously you'd never done martial arts before, you know, you walk in, what, what was your experience in that first class like? Oh, I have a lot of head injuries, so I'll try to remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I think it was, it was in like a gym setting at the Y and it was a group of people who were having fun uh, and, and doing cool stuff at the same time. And it was a good workout. And um, I, I don't know, I think that's just kind of the main thing. It was, I always like to be learning something, you know, sometimes you go to a class and it's, you're not building on a skill, you're just, you know, doing one thing, and then it's a separate activity, and they don't ever seem to draw together. And so I think what I liked about um, one of the things that drew me in to staying with the martial arts is that, you know, you kick and you punch, but then you build onto that. And then you're learning a combination, you know, whether it's like they had knife techniques. This is what I remember from, mm -hmm. from training there. And so they would have like knife defense techniques. And I had already done a lot of training with um, my good friend, Don Preston in stage combat. And he had been a Marine gunnery sergeant. And so he taught knife skills like no one else in like the stage combat world because he, you know, he, he lived through a lot. And so he taught me a ton. And so then when we got into like the knife techniques, the knife defense with Shaolin Kempo, I think that 
Dave Meyer handed me a knife and I immediately switched it into like a reverse grip or something like that. And everybody <laughs> in the class took two big steps back and they were like, who are you? <laughs> I was awesome. like, what? <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. That's cool. So you ended up in, in uh, California at, mm-hmm. to follow the stunts and what to, I'm assuming you picked up more martial arts out there. I did. I was staying with a friend who was uh, another stunt person and he recommended that I train with his good friend, Master Simon Ree in Taekwondo. Yes. So I'm actually uh, interviewing him uh, in a month or so. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. wonderful. Tell him Queen Mary says hello. I will do that. <laughs> I think hands down, and I, I've had a bunch of martial arts instructors, and I love them all for different reasons, but I, I don't think I ever thoroughly enjoyed going to class like I did going to Master Simon Ree's class. And some of it was, you walked in the door... Well, some of it was this, you know, again, like you see the different martial arts mentalities and it was very much a you will work your butt off in this in this place, but also you will be respected and it will be reciprocated and all in a positive light of like growing. You know, it sounds a little like, well, everyone's going to grow and be stronger. That's just me saying that. But anyway, um, one thing is uh, I'll never forget. He, he said early on in my training, he dressed the whole group and he said, you know, sometimes when you enter, when you enter the building we bow. And then when you enter the mat, we bow. And he says, it's not about ego or placating anyone who's in charge. It's about respecting the knowledge that we're sharing with each other and respecting the space that we're sharing. And, and that really hit me hard because a lot of times when you see certain martial artists interact and there's that, like, seems like an obligatory bow, like you will show me that I am the one you're bowing to. Right. And that to me is a huge turnoff. But to have it put in that light of showing this is how we respect each other and, and show that we respect the work that we're doing together really hit home with me. So as a, you said you enjoyed movies and stuff and watching it. So did you know who Simon Rhee was before that? Or did you have no idea who he was when you walked in? I had no idea. Wow. I knew that my friend was like, you've got to train with him. Okay, cool. You're his friend. Great. But also, like, I, I feel like everyone that I met was like, oh, if I had known who that person was, I would have been like a walking pile of pie. Oh, how are you? You know, like, I yep. not known how to talk. So I, I, in a lot of cases, I'm really glad I didn't know who people were. <laughs> That's cool. So, so for listeners, I'm assuming, I would sure hope most of my listeners know who he is. But if not, go watch the movie Best of the Best. <laughs> yeah. You, you have to see, well, Best of the Best and Best of the Best too, for sure. But I mean, Best of the Best, he, he plays Dehan and it's uh, there's some amazing Taekwondo fight scenes in there if you, if you don't know who he is. And I'm super excited that he agreed to do the interview and I'm, I'm excited for that. And I think I'm, it's August or September I'll be interviewing him. He had a very busy schedule, but I'm looking forward yeah. to that. So a little sneak, sneak preview of what's coming up on future episodes. So. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. So, and how long did you train with Simon? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I, I guess that it's it's really weird because when I look back, I'm like, oh, I, it felt like I was training forever. You know, some days I would train five days or more a week. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, but then I look back and I was like, I don't know if I was there for many years, but it was very impactful years. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then, so what, what was next? Any other martial arts you jumped into after that? Yeah. And I think that they, I don't remember how much overlap there was, but I, at one point I started training in grappling with Jean LaBelle. Another legend. Very cool. Nice. Another legend. And I'll just put on my nerd cap and say, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> he came to uh, a stunt training and um, somebody said, Gene needs some help. Anybody who wants to help the legendary Gene LaBelle? And I was like, oh, I got some time. Networking's good. I'll go help. What do you need? Uh, nice. <laughs> so I helped out with one other gal. And afterwards he said, how come you don't train with me? How come I never seen you in the dojo? And I was like, <laughs> um, sure. 
<laughs> I don't know who you are. Uh, I had no excuse. I was like, I, I don't know when any classes. And he was like, Monday, I'll see you there. Okay, great. So I went home and I uh, Googled Jean the Bell and I was like, ah, I, I disagreed to train with the man whose nickname is the toughest man alive. <laughs> yep. I don't know what the class is. I don't know if it's stunt class. I don't know if it's martial arts class because he's known for so many things. So I was like, well, just welcome into the unknown. This became my life pattern was just like, we'll just jump in and see what happens. And so I ended up walking into his dojo and there were 50 men on the mat and not one woman. And and it turned out to be a grappling class. (laughs) Nice. I've had the pleasure. I met him one time. I met him at the, uh, uh, Ed Parker's uh, international tournament in Long Beach in 1995. He was there, mm-hmm. and I got to meet him back then. But uh, only only met him once, and I'm, he's another one on my list. I'd love to interview. So hopefully, I, I did send an email off just recently. So hopefully, I'll hear back on that one. But he's yeah. another one who I've seen so many interviews. He'd just be just fun to chat with and hear the stories. And like I said he's done he's done movies and stuff too. But he does a lot of behind the scenes stuff, and I imagine that's just an amazing experience to train with him. Absolutely, yeah. I. It was a good experience for sure. Any other legendary instructors you trained well, with? Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, after those, it is kind of silly. But, you know, while I was training with Gene, he would have guest teachers come in. And so, actually, I just listened to your podcast that you did with Anne-Marie DeMars. And oh, she came into a couple of classes. And oh, she, cool. she did some guest training. Very really cool. remarkable. You yeah. know, she is probably like a same size and height as I am. And she is just, you know, it's just great to see her get on the mat and teach a class and have just fantastic techniques, you know? And I don't, I think she taught us like a two second takedown and you hear that and you're like, ah, whatever, you know, like, (laughs) okay, it's a two second takedown. Does that real, ah, you know, and then you're on the mat you're like, well, that was a two second takedown. (laughs) I'll tell you what, you know, that's cool. Yeah. And then the other person who came in and did some, some, uh, you know, special in teaching was, uh, Benny the jet. Nice. Which now he, I recognize by sight. And I was like, he's the guy from Gross Point Blank. So <laughs> yes, movie nerd, exactly. not necessarily, you know. Uh, so that's that's all that stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, but the, again. The guy who fought John Cusack in the hallway. <laughs> absolutely. With the pen. Oh, yes. man. I just that's watched that stuff. a few I watched that a few weeks ago again. Such a great movie. And, oh, did you? Yeah. He's, he's also, the first time I recognized him from a movie was actually Digstown because he was the referee in Digstown. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and now it's interesting uh, that... I go back and I watch movies and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's master Ray. Or like, Oh, there's Jane. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. Now I know. <laughs> I know. I watch those movies. My wife's like, how do you know who these people are? <laughs> like, because I'm a martial arts nerd. That's, I mean, I'm a movie buff, but I'm also a martial arts nerd. So I'll, I'll recognize people. So yeah. And they do overlap very well together. And then um, my other a trainer that I really enjoyed uh, training with a, a great deal. was another stunt man by the name of David Morizo. Okay. And uh, I trained with him in Kung Fu and also Tai Chi. So, um, yeah, it was a really great mix of like being able to train with these people who are at like the top of the game. Uh, I just feel so fortunate that I would, that I had those opportunities because I (laughs) didn't deserve them for for who I sought out, you know. Once you made the jump and got into movies and and TV and working in stunts, how often were you able to keep training in martial arts? Or did you consider that part of your stunt training also? Was that something you tried to keep doing consistently? Yeah, to, to the extent that I could, I just considered it to be my job is training and networking and on the great days you get to go in and, and get paid for it. So um, I didn't do a lot of things. So like I have some friends who would like leave town for three months and work on a movie. And that's awesome. I got, I got a lot of stuff where like it was days or weeks and normally I would get attacked by the lead <laughs> murdered or something. You know? Nice. So, so do you yeah. remember your, your first time you got to actually use some of your martial arts skills on screen? 
Oh, I mean, right away. Okay. Uh, and and most of it, uh, a lot of it was hitting the ground, <laughs> which is a surprising amount of what we train with, at, with both with Master Ri and with uh, uh, Sensei Gene. Right. Is you just, you hit the mat over and over again. So that's that helped an awful lot in stunts. Oh, how to fall properly is such an important thing. And it's, I'm surprised when I talk to martial artists, you know, that have been doing like two years and they've never learned how to fall properly. Like how, how have you been training this long and not learned how to fall properly? That's so wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And people always seem a little stunned when they're like, can you show me something? I'm like, okay, well, first you need to sit down and roll backwards. And they're like, what? I'm like, trust me, (laughs) basics. Yep. So, and yeah. when I when I took a keto, I basically I learned how to fall for six months. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my brother trained in a keto, and he would send me. He's like, all I did was fall, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> fall, fall more than I am. Fall for an hour, basically. Five, yeah. five days a week for six months, I learned how to fall, and it's it's one of the best things I've ever learned. So, I have to tell you, for life skills, learning how to fall without getting hurt is uh, something I really think everyone should do. Oh, agree. I mean, that's something yeah. I should just teach in high school gym class or something. Yeah, <laughs> this, absolutely. This, this week we're learning how to fall. Like, what? What about kickball? <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably need in kickball too. If you play like me, you're going to hit the floor. <laughs> that's actually the, the funny you mentioned that because if, if I would have known how to fall properly, I might not have blown my knee out playing kickball when I was 15 years old. Yeah, which absolutely. altered a lot of my martial arts going forward. So yeah, you sure, never, know. I you never know. Cool. Yeah. So then with all the styles you trained, if, if someone asks you, what style do you train in? What's, how do you, how do you answer that usually? Well, I would say I, I train in as many as I can get my hands on. Uh, and, and I, some people are like really protective of their training and they say like, you can only train with one person. Yep. And I understand that to a degree. And, and mostly I think of it from when I was training and you mentioned the improv, but when, when I trained with, Second City and when I trained with um, the Groundlings, some people would train uh, and then there's also UCB, the Upright Citizens Brigade. And so some people would try to take classes at all three of those or two of them at the same time. And it's all improv, but they have different focuses. Mm -hmm. And so it's really easy to mess up your brain. And so, you know, martial arts is the same thing, right? Like you're overall, it's all martial arts. It's going to be a punch. It's going to be a block. But the different styles have a, a different take on them, right? So to some extent, I can see don't mess up with your your mind with trying to learn 15 ways to do blocks in three different styles at the same time, but get the basics in one, feel comfortable with it, and then pepper in some other stuff. Because I think it's so valuable for your brain elasticity to to work on different movement styles. And you might find that you like one more than the other, you know, because they are just so varied. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And like you mentioned, some people are protective and they don't, you know, try to, I've told the story before, I've had instructors that forbid me from training in other styles. I'm like, um, you, you can't really do that. You can't do that. <laughs> I mean, um, no, thank you. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and that's one thing too, because I think that's really prevalent. And, and when it gets to that level where it's like, you can't train, I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling like this is not going to be a healthy environment for me. So bye. Yep, exactly. That's exactly what I did. I left yeah. about two months later. So they found another school. So, so yeah. I've actually interviewed three at three now improv people, um, improvists, improvisationists that yeah. uh, were also martial artists. And I'm kind of curious, what are some of the martial arts skills you've used on stage and stuff doing improv? How do you think that's helped your improv? Well, um, I think one in general is, and I, I think they all kind of play together in terms of building on, on each other, but one is just general spatial awareness. I, I'll never forget. I did one class. Uh, it was the early class that I did at the second city and the teacher was doing a lesson and he just kind of wanted to see how people responded as he got closer to them. We were all kind of standing in a circle and he, he came directly at me and I just thought, you know, I was just taking a step backwards, but he was like martial artist, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause he could tell by, 
the distance that I wanted to keep from him and also how my body moved. But then also um, one day I just used a judo throw. <laughs> this guy was in a class with me and I was dropping into the class. So I knew maybe two other people, but I didn't know this guy very well. And we were playing a scene where I was a scientist and we were studying monkeys or something like that. And he thought it would be funny to jump on my back and dry hump me. Oh, wow. And nope, you're not going to do that today. So I threw him up and he landed on the ground. Nice. And um, he never did that again. <laughs> so did he know how to fall properly? <laughs> I don't think he did. I don't think he did. Should have offered to teach him after that. <laughs> I should have. Oh, you, looks like you might need a hand with some skills there. Okay. That's funny. So, so, so now that's one thing I haven't really asked. Have you, when you've been training stuff, have you ever done any teaching? Have you been in the school long enough where you've, you've taught like newcomers and stuff? And have you done any martial arts teaching yourself? I haven't. Okay. Um, I've, been, I've been asked by a bunch of people to teach self-defense techniques. Okay. Uh, it hasn't come to fruition yet. I just, um, I, I think the thing that, that for me has been kind of figuring out where the path is, is that I learned pretty early on that when you say yes to one opportunity, you are in fact saying no to other things. Yes. And so um, I knew so many people who moved to LA and didn't have that thing, right? They didn't make it work. And I, it seemed like every one of them, their response when I was like, well, how do you feel about it? And what, what do you think you could have done differently? And absolutely every one of them was, I got off track. You know, this happened and the other thing happened and I just got off track. So when I went to LA, I don't like the sun. I prefer snow. You know, like I was like this, I am moving to LA for <laughs> the stunts. And if I can make it tear into like physical comedy, that's what I'm here for. And everything else is no, unless I really feel like mm, maybe, yeah. So, um, so there were a bunch of opportunities that came along and and I just was like, what is this where I want to spend the time? And whereas I do want to spend the time sharing some of the information that I've gained for, for self-defense, I also, I, I really believe that that's something that can't be done as a quip. Like, oh, I can show you a couple moves because that's not really what you need for self-defense. I think right. you need like a, a mental state that you need to be in. You have, a, have to have a perspective. And, and for me to train that, I would like to spend more time really thinking about what the messaging needs to be. And so I haven't, I haven't gone into that realm yet, but that's something that I think may happen in the future. Cool. I know I've had that conversation with people before. It's like, I've talked to people about joining martial arts, like, Oh, I took a self-defense class once. I'm like, well, you took a self-defense class for two hours on a Saturday, nine years ago. Do you really think you're going to remember right. <laughs> what you learned in that class? It's, you know, it's, it's gotta be repetitive. You gotta do it consistently. It has to be an ongoing thing or you're training muscle memory to do it. And right. unfortunately it takes dedication and, and time. So absolutely. And a lot of it is, you know, like your, your brain elasticity and responding to that stimulus that's in front of you, because, you know, as, as much as you train different techniques, like I mentioned the knife technique, well, mm -hmm. the knife techniques are if the knife comes at you from this direction and it's pointed this way, or uh, the second one is if it's here and it points there, like that gives you examples to, to judge from. But like you said, it's, it's repetition, it's understanding cause and effect and, and being able to just respond in that moment because so much of, so much of uh, martial arts and stunts is repetition. You know, like you said, you did yep. this class once all these years ago, but your body isn't ready for that just immediate response. Exactly. Uh, and that, that's huge. I met an actress once who who was saying, oh, I trained with this one group of martial artists in preparation for a show. And she said, I could kill you in five seconds. <laughs> and I was like, OK, 
bring it on. <laughs> I mean, first of all, who says that to a human? Yeah. I could tell you. I was just meeting her, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to be over eating pizza, so come at me whenever you want. Uh-huh. That's, that's funny. It's weird. It's weird. The second you tell people that you're a martial artist, it's weird what comes out of people's mouths. Like, a lot of people, surprising number of people have been like, let's fight. I'm like, no. I'm yeah. doing something else right now, you know? And I used to make that mistake when I first got heavily into martial arts and I, was, I started when I was 10, but when I was in college, I made the mistake of starting to wear a lot of martial arts t-shirts and uh, yeah. n- never wear that to a college party. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, yeah. you karate man. What if, I'm like, go away. please. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately that happens. Then during the pandemic, when this all happened, um, obviously movies and TV shows all got shut down. So I'm assuming you weren't able to work that way. Did, did you, were you able to keep training in martial arts? Were you able to cre- keep doing improv during that time? I, I, uh, did more of like a by myself training, you know, some of the stuff that I think is um, the biggest takeaway. Like I said, I didn't train for, for very many years with uh, mastery, for example, but Mm -hmm. some of the things we did for warmups were such excellent ways to get me into working out. If that makes sense. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. you're in a slug and you're like, "Eh, I don't really feel like doing anything. I was like, "Ah, you know what, if I just do the stretching kicks right now, I'll be up off my butt. I'll just stand up off the couch. It takes like 20 seconds. I'll do the stretching kicks and fine. And you know, once your body's warmed up, then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I could do something else. So it's a miracle of blood moving around. So I, I didn't use it specifically to think I'm training in martial arts right now, but I did think, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to use the skills that I gathered from all this training and use it to keep me active and alert and awake. So. Okay. Yeah. And now that everything's kind of, kind of getting back together and stuff, do you have more projects lined up now? Are you, are we going to see you on screen anytime soon? I sure hope so. <laughs> um, I think I've moved, I've taken, so the other thing you asked also about improv. So I, I've mm-hmm. taken some time to kind of look at the sketch side of things. So I've been working oh. a little bit more on writing sketches and I've cool. got a couple, got a couple ideas for some scripts. You might've heard that once or twice. Okay. Uh, Hollywood lines. So yeah, I'm just kind of working on um, trying to veer more off into the physical comedy side of things again and embrace more of the, the sketch and improv and, um, and yeah, see where that all takes me. So I know you mentioned uh, like uh, Lucille Ball and people like that and, and Jackie Chan. So who, like current people, who are some of your favorite like pure physical comedies comedians out there? Oh gosh. You know, and so isn't that weird? All of a sudden I'm like, I don't know who physical comedy wise, but I just love Trevor Noah when it comes to comedy stuff. I'm just like, you know, he just takes what's in front of him and does just such a great analysis of what's, what's there and, and somehow makes it funny because the stuff that's going on in the world right now, it's not funny, but he finds the humor there. And so for, for comedy, I've been turning to him a bit. And, um, yeah, in terms of physical comedy, I don't know off the top of my head. Then I'll, as soon as this we're done with the interview, I'll be like, "All oh, these seventy people, Mary, what's wrong with you?" Of course, that's great. they're gonna kick you for not saying their names, you know. Oh, so, wait. have you got to play a martial artist on screen yet? Oh, I have. Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, my favorite one. I feel like for a while I was like a ten-year-old famous. Uh, I did some shows on uh, Nickelodeon, and one of them, uh, the show's name was Sam and Cat, okay. and I got to play um, uh, this character who's supposed to be like a real big martial artist, you know, like, oh, don't fight against her. She's the big thing. You know, you'll never win. And, uh, and then I got knocked out in the first punch. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> was that, was that the one? I think I saw that on your demo reel. Was that the one you were playing an MMA fighter? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So normally I ask this question a little later, but since we kind of mentioned that, what are your thoughts on MMA? Are you, are you a fan? What, what are your thoughts on just the whole MMA UFC thing and how it, you know, has come into the martial arts world in the last 25 years. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. When um when I was training with Gene, I, I would go see the people that I was training with fight, you know, because mm-hmm. Gene especially was a big proponent of like support your people, get out there and, and get in the stands while they're while they're um competing. 
And, um, you know, it's one thing to watch a UFC fight on TV and people really get into it. And they're like, get on, put them in a hold. But then you're there live. And it, I was just like, wow, that's the lion's den. It's a real mental thing uh, to be there and be like, I want to cheer for my friend, but like rip his arms out feels a little extreme. You know, <laughs> like, I am dipping into all my improv and I don't know how to support you without feeling like, <laughs> I'm like, Rah! you know. So I don't know. I, I think that there's, um, it's, it's an interesting time. You know, you look at the world and there's so much violence and um, it's just so raw. I don't know. Uh, I, I appreciate it from having trained with the grappling yep. and, and seeing the moves. And it's so funny because I've watched some stuff with Gene because he was also a referee for many years. And I don't know if he still is or not, but, you know, he'd look at something and be like, oh, he doesn't have them. You know, so I'm like looking at the hold and like, oh, yeah, he didn't, he's not key locked. You know, that, he's getting out of that thing. It's a, it's a weird split of the mind to be kind of going through both, both sides of that. Mm-hmm. So. so is this something if, you, if you're flipping the channels and you see it, will you stop and watch it or not, not usually? I think it'll depend on the fight. Um, okay. For a while, I would go like, you know, some people would get together and like, so-and-so's got the fight. We're going over there. So, you know, I, I've watched quite a bit of it. I think it depends on what else is on TV. <laughs> That's true. See, me, I used to be diehard. And, and like I said, I used to judge it and I'd never miss a fight. And I just, the last few years, I just kind of, there wasn't fights for a while and stuff. And I just kind of lost interest. And I, I probably haven't sat and watched a full UFC event in probably over two years. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, we have local fights coming up here in, in uh, Fargo later this summer. I'll, I'll probably go attend those if I'm in town and, and watch those just because I know some of the local fighters. Well, you know them, it's different. It's a lot different. And being in person, it's so much better. And, but yeah. it, it'll be weird also going to a fight and sitting up in the stands versus cage side as a, as a judge. <laughs> so, it is. It's different. Yeah. So we'll see. But now uh, let's say a friend approaches you and just says, hey, I'm thinking of getting involved in martial arts. I know you do this. What are, what are some tips you'd give them, some advice, what to look for in school? what to look for in instructors, you know, any, any type of, of tips or, or warnings or anything you would tell them? And I think it's really important to go to the school before you sign up and see how they conduct classes. And um, I think it's pretty clear if if you're going to jive with how the how the group is and, and if you're not, um, because I think um, I think schools personalities show through really clearly. So that that's one thing I would definitely say. Don't don't hand over a check or Venmo or whatever until you feel what the group is like. But then I would also check in with the person. And, you know, if it was a friend and somebody that I knew well enough, I would talk to them a little bit about their movement styles because and what they want to get out of it, because you're going to get something different from wushu than you are from a grappling class. And so that, that I think makes a huge difference too. Like, what do you want? You know? So, yeah. And then also talk to people who are training there. You know, if you go to see a class and you, you show up and you see how the teacher skills are, you know, talk to some of the people who train there, see how long they've trained there. See if it seems like anyone looks disgruntled or whatever, you know, because sometimes people train at a place because they feel like they don't have somewhere else to go or, or, or whatever. So, and if anyone around them is cool enough as you are to like put on some workshop where you can try out a bunch of different styles, definitely go to that. You know, I'm hoping we can do that again. We haven't done it in many years. That's it's, we did it for about uh, two or three years in a row and I was doing it with another guy and he kind of, he's like, I want to do it a, a different way. He wanted to change it and, and he didn't want my help anymore. And then it kind of fell apart. So yeah. unfortunately, but it was the biggest one we had, it was two days and I want to say it was 12 or 14 styles. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. it was a, the only style I couldn't get that I wanted. I tried to get a capoeira instructor from the cities ah. to come down and they, the weekend wouldn't work for them. And I just, that'd just be such a cool, you know, martial art to see live. I've never seen that in person. Uh, so. I, I did get a chance to train with some capoeira oh. people. And I, I have to tell you that 
was so intense. And if I had not been on the path to like, I'm focused on stunts right now, I would have been like, boom, I'm here all the time. Really? In order to do the first level of like their ranking, it's not a belt, it's similar, mm-hmm. but whatever. You had to like run five miles and swim two miles and be able to do something like 50 or 100 handstand push-ups. Like wow. this group was so intense. One of the classes that I went to, there were only two of us there, a friend of mine and I went, and we had to do 500 of every kick, both sides. Wow. Front kick, 500. Oh, no, that's not enough. They put a chair in front of us so that we had to kick, like the, the kick was supposed to be at a certain height. And so they put a chair in front of us and we had to kick 500 times each leg over the height of the chair. And if we didn't, I mean, then you got to just keep on going, you know, and there's just me and one other person. So it's not like you could like hide behind the ranks and be like, <laughs> oh, I'm really exhausted right now. <laughs> wow. And then when they were done with that, then they were like, great, now we're going to do, um, what did we do next? Um, cartwheels. Mm-hmm. And we, I think we did 100 or 200 cartwheels each side. But it was like to the left, then to the right, to the left, and then to the right, and to the left, and then to the right. And if you didn't throw up, I mean, you just, and like I said, you couldn't hide. <laughs> so that was very intense training, but I loved it. It was great. That's really, do you remember who the instructor was for that? I wish I did. I thought okay. about it the last minute. I was like, oh, I should have looked that up. But that was also <laughs> through through the YMCA, the same place that I met David Meyer of Running Tiger. Oh, so. so probably the person I talked to then, because that's I think it there's only is. one or two Capoeira schools in Minnesota. So I mean, I think it's pretty likely. Yeah. yeah. But I, I had a lot of respect for them, too. I mean, the work that they did, it's just so great. I was hoping you would have said you did that in California and, and maybe trained with, I think it's, a, who's the top one out there? I think it's Eamon Santos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, Just throw down another name for you. Yeah. They're like, oh, here, this guy. I didn't know who he was, but I, I went for a Friday anyway. <laughs> nice. Well, he's, yeah. the, he's the guy who, if you saw the movie Only the Strong, he did uh, the choreography for that, and he trained Mark DeCoscos for that movie. So nice. that's a, that's a nice. cool movie. So so then in, in all the different styles you've learned and stuff, I'm sure you've heard, you know, learned some of the you know, traditional versus some of the sport and everything like that. Is there some philosophies you learned that you really remember and they keep coming back to you and stuff? Oh, boy. I mean, one, I think, um, and, and this came from Gene, not all moves work on all people. So when you're grappling, you know, I would normally be working with a friend of mine who's a stunt guy and he's like six foot four and just a month. And I'm like five, two. Um, so he's a much bigger build than I am. So I'm trying to like choke him or whatever. And my arms couldn't get around him. So like that, you know, that's a thing. And then like, he would try to choke me, but he was his, he was so like so much longer than I was, I could just get out of any hole. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I think just like a, something to keep in mind. Like some people have like that move that they do like, Oh, this is my knockout move. Or like, this is my, <laughs> this is my knockout choke out. You get the idea. And, and so just keep in mind like that, that might not always work. Like that's great that you feel really strongly about your move, but like you need to adapt, you know, and that's, that's in life as well as martial arts, you know, it's, uh, we need to respond to what's in front of us, not to what we think is in front of us. Oh yeah. I mean, someone that you're facing has hopped up on drugs. A lot of your moves probably aren't going to work on them or affect yeah. them that much. So yeah, you got to know that. Yeah. And the same thing with like, when you're talking about women's self-defense earlier, you know, one thing we rarely teach in our women's self-defense classes is a groin kick tell them to go for the foot stomp and try to smash and break their foot. Cause that'll hurt a lot worse than a groin kick on most people. So. Yeah. And like a TV and everything, like everything points to like, get them in the groin. Like, yeah. ah, you know what? It's, everyone's going to see that coming. Yep. Exactly. Give him a thumb to the eyeball and get out of there. That's a good one too. <laughs> but also I think, and this is to the point of like, well, what do I really want to get across? But in, in, in self-defense, I would say as many times as you can, don't be in the situation. You know, so much of it is about the framework of your mind of like, where are you? And did you have to be there? 
And, and so some of it is just thinking ahead in that way. Uh, but also like if you're in that situation, don't go for the grind. TV told us that's where to go. So don't, <laughs> don't kids don't believe everything you see on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah. now you, you mentioned some great people you've trained with and some you've looked up to like Jackie Chan and stuff like that. So if you had to pick one martial artist that you, that you put on the top that you just really look up to is, you know, whether it's a, someone you've actually trained with, whether it's someone from movies or something, who, who would you put on the top of that list? Okay, I don't, there's, it's so hard to narrow down, but I'm going to do it like this, specifically because um, he was such an early inspiration too, and because he combines both worlds of the improv and the physical comedy and the martial arts, I'm going to go with Jackie Chan, because he's, I mean, it's just it's such such a well-rounded and all of the things, you know, that drew me together and into martial arts and into stunts and all that, so yeah, I would say. So have there. you ever got to work on a movie with him? I have not, okay. but you know. I'm not dead yet, so that's right. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and neither is he. He's, he's right. still going, still making movies. So that's right. They, we'll and see they, where it... they don't make them like him anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> he is. He's definitely. He's one of a kind and very inspiring. So you're a fan of Jackie Chan. Are, have you ever seen any of the uh, uh, Tony Jaw movies? Um, maybe, but this is where I'll say like, I, I don't know a lot of things and stuff and I've been hit on the head a lot. So <laughs> his, his, his biggest one that most people know is Ong Bak. Was, oh, then yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, I always talk about that that chase sequence in Ung Bak that's like 14 minutes completely one take unedited where he's like jumping uh, through, jumping over cars and through hoops and stuff. It's so cool. So great. Very, nice. just awesome on all counts, yeah. So do you have a favorite martial arts book? Either one that you, you know, read multiple times or you, uh, if someone else asks, you recommend it to them right away? And why? I, I really like the um, some of the biographies or autobiographies that I've read, I think more than like how-to books. I think the two that I, I feel kind of the strongest connection to because I trained with the people are um, Jean LaBelle. He has a, an autobiography and um, Benny the Jet. Really insightful. And, and like you mentioned, like how many stories people must have to be training at this level and working, you know, both in TV and film and also having the martial arts background. So uh, those really resonated with me. Yeah, wow. I, I love Benny's book. That's such a great book. And I, I just realized I don't have Gene's book. I could have sworn I did, and it's not on my bookshelf. So oh, I wonder wow. if maybe I, maybe I had it and borrowed it to somebody. I don't know. <laughs> That's definitely what happened to my copy. So I was like, oh, you've got this? And I was like, I sure do. I did. Okay, well, we'll see that later, I'm sure. Nice. If you love something, set it free. That's right. So. I'll have to order another copy because that's. Yeah. I, I remember I read it probably when it first came out, and I definitely wanted to get that one again. So, all right. Now the, now the fun one, everyone's favorite one. Favorite martial arts TV show and favorite martial arts movie. Okay, here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zag where everybody else zigs. Um, right. I'm going to actually point to a video game. Ooh. Uh, so there was a, a game, for I think it was for the PlayStation 2, called Oni, O-N-I, and it was a third-person video game. And a, a lot of these video games would be like, you know, it's a, a shooter thing or something. But this was the first game that I saw and played where like you had the option of doing hand to hand combat. And and it was like, you know, punches, but also kicks and like sweeping the leg, sweep the leg, Johnny. <laughs> and so for me, it was like the first time that martial arts went from something that I saw on TV into something that I had uh, some sort of say in. Although like the way I played the video game was like taking the controller and like smashing all the buttons at the same time. And I was like, do something cool. <laughs> kind of how we go at life in general i think but whatever <laughs> so that one and then and then also i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to gross point blank because that fight that uh benny and john cusack had in the in the hallway i was just like that is just so cool you know uh, and it stayed with me and there's a bunch of other moments too which i don't know then you know some people are very fussy about what qualifies as martial arts and what's uh you know western fighting or whatever uh, i'll leave that to philosophers on the subject but um yeah, this is a moment where somebody like turns around and smashes a TV over someone's head. It was just yes. so unexpected. The first time I saw it, I just lost it. So 
Yeah, that, one, that one's pretty high up on the book. That is a great movie. That's uh, yeah. that's one I watch at least once a year. There's I have a, about a dozen movies I watch once a year at, at least. Yeah. You know, like Roadhouse is another one with some great martial arts fights and I have to watch that at least once a year or, or the world is not complete. So. For sure. <laughs> and and the nerd in me, I also watch war games once a year. That's really dating myself oh, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> no, but it's, a, it's an oldie and a goodie. Yeah, no martial arts in that one, but still a great movie. That's yeah. right, yeah. It's funny, you mentioned video games. I was thinking, I was trying to actually think back to the first martial arts game I can remember. And once again, dating myself, this was probably like 1986, uh, back on my Commodore 64, mm. lo- logging in, and I, I had a video game. It was called Bruce Lee. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I need to actually go on now on YouTube and see if I can find it. Because, I mean, in my mind, it had like these amazing graphics and stuff. And I, I'm, I'm thinking back, it was probably like worse than where in the world is Carmen Sandiego. It's probably just oh. horrible graphics and you know, yeah. using the keyboard to like, you know, or space bar to step forward three times and like one of the arrow keys to throw a kick or something. and. For it, sure. It's it, probably like an 8-bit game, right? Probably, I remember looking probably. back, I, I thought so highly of Tomb Raider, right? Whenever it came out, oh. my turn to date myself, right? And I was like, oh, it's so cool. She could climb up a wall. And then when she got to the top, if you knew this one combination, she would do a handstand and then roll out of it. And then I went back and watched it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I might be able to draw a little better than this, but at the time it was all cutting edge, you know. I might have to you add. Know? I might have to actually add the video game question going forward because that's actually kind yeah. of a fun one. I like that. Yeah, that's good. So just to kind of like that, I mentioned a few of the things. Just what are some of the 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 movies, TV shows that some people can go back and watch that you really enjoyed uh, doing? That if they want to go back and check out some of your stuff. Oh, that that I did. Um, yes. Okay, one thing that I absolutely loved, and again, I'm going off the going off the question here, but yeah. um, I got to participate in this event for uh, Google Glasses when they came out with the, the glasses that you know you could put on, and then you could do a hang hangouts with people, oh, yeah. and you could see, and. Um, they did a demonstration uh, for a developers conference back in 2012, and it was held at the Moscone Center in San Francisco. And I was one of the repellers. So I, I got to be part of this live thing where I had on the Google Glasses, there were three repellers and two of us went down um, Aussie style. So face first, and it looked like we were running down the side of the building oh, cool. um, repelling. And that's really cool. So that's that's like a, a YouTube link if you put in like Google Glass IO 2012 or something like that. Okay. It should show up. And um, ah, what a cool what a cool thing to be part of. So then some other stuff like I, I had such a fun roles on Nickelodeon shows like Sam and Cat. I mentioned there was the one where I was the martial artist. And then there's another one where um, I played a security guard at a prison. Uh, that was kind of fun. And then I got to be in a there was a new Pee Wee Herman movie, uh, Pee Wee's Big Holiday that um i was one of the sisters in it's around i don't know around the 30 minute mark or something like that there's like nine daughters and i'm one of them it's pretty fun most of the time i'm doubling somebody and i always yep. joke and i'm like oh that's my left elbow you know so <laughs> so, um, so how cool was it to work with Wee herman i mean obviously he's someone i've you know loved since i was a kid and even my kids grew up watching him and stuff so how cool was that to work with him it was awesome i mean that that production was really great to work with and and i got to work with uh, him directly in some scenes really fantastic uh, human being and one one of the scenes we were in like a lot of times you know this from your podcast but like the um for sound reasons you can't have air conditioners running all the time or whatever mm-hmm. so we were filming in this church there's a wedding scene in it so we're, we're filming in this church and I was one of the few people that needed to be in this scene and at one point he came up to me and like gave me a little fan a little personal fan and I was yeah. like wow, that is so cool and no one like that's the kind of thing that like you're lucky if someone in production does that but like to have that be uh, an experience from someone who's like so well renowned, you know, and like right. my brother was like, Oh my gosh, did you get to work with Cherry? And I was like, No. <laughs> <laughs> but that would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. 
And one other question is, I, I just thought of now. I know I've heard talking to people in the in the movie industry and stuff. I've heard horror stories of some like rude people, and I don't I don't want to ask that. I don't want to have you put anyone out there. But other than Pee Wee Herman, who are one or two you know celebrities you got to work with that you, was just a great experience? They were really cool and and just just fun to work with and and gracious and stuff. Oh man, I mean it's it's like a, a, a career's work, right? Um, yeah. I, I don't know off the top of my head. Ah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I really felt like I didn't have those those nasty experiences with people just That's in general. Cool. So I think when I worked with people, they were all really great. I'll say this, though, because you mentioned Glow. Um, mm-hmm. I got to work on the pilot episode of that. And I just loved working with everyone who was in that cast and that crew. That production in general was just, oh, it's such a delight to be on. And I know one of the fellow stunt performers was like, how do I we were hired to not make the team. Like that was the whole point of us being there. And this one guy was like, how do I, how do I get it? So I'm always on this show. <laughs> and meanwhile, we were in like eighties uh, leotards. You know, I was like, how is this as soon as fast as I can get out of this wardrobe? <laughs> you know? um, cool. But really, really cool from the creator down to like absolutely everyone I came in contact with. It was really phenomenal. That's um, awesome. Well, I just want to thank you for taking the time to do this. It's, it's always fun to talk to people with different backgrounds and, and learn about, you know, how martial arts has helped them in their, in their everyday life. Obviously you, you kind of used it for your, for your career and, and, and more than one way. And I just appreciate you taking the time to, to tell us about yourself. Absolutely. And thank you. I appreciate being uh, able to share some of my tales with you and your listeners. And um, I'm excited to listen to the, the podcast that you put out and uh, learn a little more from the other fellow martial artists. Cool. And I will uh, definitely put a, a link to your, your website on there and I'll, I'll find that uh, Google glasses one too. And I'll put the link out there when we release the episode. Cause that's, I want to watch that now too. That sounds kind of cool. So. Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. And thanks for your time. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist. We hope you'll join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review. Also, be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com. There you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions. Again, thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist, and we'll see you next week.